Welcome to the oh, hey there. podcast episode 17, the AJ Jenkins edition, because nothing is going right in Santa Clara, San Francisco, whatever you want to call it. The 49ers um, fall to the Arizona Cardinals 31-17 and fall to 3-5 and five on the season. Eight weeks in, nine weeks in, and the Niners still lack an identity, still with the slow starts. I don't, I don't have much positive to say. Leo, as always, join me, Leo Luna. Leo, what's going on, buddy? You know, like, since we were coming up on the 48 hours past this game, I was doing a little better. But getting excited for Monday night against the Rams, even though we probably know the outcome of that game. But then you mentioned A.J. Jenkins, and now my morning is ruined. My Tuesday is gone. It's out the window. Thank you for the AJ Jenkins, uh, you know, drop. I appreciate it. We could we could have used Jeremy Curley episode. Jeremy Curley, at least he was a leading receiver one year for the 49ers. Yeah, Jeremy Curley lives in Hutto, Texas, which is like ten minutes from my house. Oh, my, so you're uh, selling him a a truck? Uh yeah, maybe I might actually. <laughs> we uh, it was it was funny uh, a couple years ago. My son was playing his flag football team, and then I go to the Hutto Stadium. It's like it's high school, and there's this big old picture of Jeremy Curley. I'm like, wait a second. And then I, he was there in the stands. He, I guess he's like a booster or something for the high school, or he helps fundraise. But either way, he he lives in the area. It's really really cool. Um, so let's just I'm, I'm gonna just stick with the the bad news, right? The Niners haven't won a home game in 387 days. Um, Niners are one and eight at home. The Niners are also one and thirteen when trailing at halftime. What is wrong with this team? And I don't think real quick, not a, Go ahead. Where did that one win come from? Was it a true deficit or was it a missed PAT that gave them that deficit at the halftime? We're probably yeah, looking true. at a tie game. We're probably looking yeah. at a tie game, but Christ man. But Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan saying, Thank you, Joey Sly, because now we have that one comeback win after trailing <laughs> at the half. Thank you, Joey Sly. What's what's plaguing the Niners is not something that's measurable by a PFF stat, not measurable by a DVOA stat. This team lacks accountability, lacks leadership, lacks intensity, confidence. Every every possible like superlative out there, you, you they're they're lacking it right now. Mm-hmm. And to me, it feels like this has just been a snowball effect from the off season. Your decisions in the off season have led you down this path. You don't address your cornerback position until late in the draft. You publicly denigrate Jimmy Garoppolo by inquiring on every quarterback possible. You don't address your guard position. And when you do, the kid can't even play center. You get an older player in Alex Mack, who's playing decent football. But the point is you're not, you didn't improve your roster as much as me and you thought they did initially. Now you look at it, this team is nowhere near the 2019 type of team. This team is nowhere near making a playoff push. This team is nowhere near Super Bowl window. And I, you know where I'm at. All this points right at Kyle Shanahan. It's not even Jimmy Garoppolo's fault anymore. Kyle, you are you are allowing this to happen, Right. Jimmy played a decent game. Okay, cool. You're going to keep him out there. But we watched the tape. So many missed throws, big explosives that are missed. 
this is now a failure on Kyle Shanahan for allowing this to happen. But do we really expect those big explosives from Jimmy Garoppolo anyways? Um, Attempt way, him at least. Yeah, but that's never been a part of his game. So the way he play, like we got to evaluate him on him. We can't evaluate him on a Patrick Mahomes scale. We can't evaluate him on a Russell Wilson scale. We evaluate Jimmy Garoppolo on a Jimmy Garoppolo scale. And based off the Jimmy Garoppolo scale, he had a good game. Probably his best start since 2020 at the New York Jets. That was probably even, and that was only a half. Who knows what the second half would have looked like. So this was his best start one quarter to fourth quarter since 2019 when they hosted the Rams late in the season. This was his best start since then. So on a Jimmy Garoppolo scale, in 2019, this wins him the game probably by double digits. But as the obvious states, this is not that team. And they lost by double digits instead. So since this is a good game for Jimmy Garoppolo and you lose by 14, that's the reason why they went out and got Trey Lance because they know the Jimmy Garoppolo scale. And they know they need to get more explosives, like you said. But it's not going to come from Jimmy Garoppolo. And we we know why Kyle, at this point, is holding on for Trey Lance for so long. It's his security blanket, man. He's not on a hot seat this year. He's not. He Nor he will ever be on a hot seat this year. But he will be on a hot seat week one, 2022. Yeah, it just sucks you have to have a Jimmy Garoppolo scale. <laughs> it's like, we, we can just gauge him on 20. You know, it, and it's, there's it's, a Javi Vega scale and there's a Leo Luna scale. It's the same thing, man. No, your no. scale's higher than mine. I'm, you know, my, I, I judge Jimmy Garoppolo off every other NFL starter because that's how that's who he is. He's an NFL starter. He's making top ten money. I'm going to judge him based on that. And right now, he's below. He's below top ten. Either that's way, fair, but he, he's probably always going to be below that scale. That's that's the thing. That's why I I say the Jimmy Garoppolo scale, or else. No matter what he does, he's probably going to fail because he's not a top ten quarterback. That's my issue, Leo. If, if the Niners knew this, the Niners have known this, and they still roll this dude out here. For what reason? He's not going to be here next year. There is no trade value. There is no great number that you're going to get in return for him. You should have ripped this bandit off a long time ago. This is a directionless team. No direction. They have zero direction. And it starts with their head coach, who couldn't make a damn quarterback decision since he's gotten here. So this roster and this team is a direct reflection on Kyle Shanahan. You are what, you're, what, what you, you put out there. They're three and five. They're mistake after mistake after mistake from run blocking to holds to stupid pass interference calls to guys not being in their gaps. Bro, 11 or 12 missed tackles on Sunday? Since when is this team a bad tackling team? It's been three years since we had this issue with tackling, right? Then you add in, remember all gas, no breaks? Whatever happened yep. to Swarm? Too, too many times on tape did I see one or two guys around the ball while the other eight or nine guys are just standing there with their hands on their hips. Rally to the ball. No wonder you don't get any turnovers. No one rallies to the ball. Bro, it's 1020 in the morning on Tuesday, and the Niners got me hot. As always, man. As long as you don't lose any sleep over it, like Levin Black, as he posted on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Levin, uh, Niners Nation podcast buddy. Um, he did. He did say something, and I, I, I guess it's. I should probably 
elaborate on that? Because he said, you know, anyone else lose sleep about it? No, I didn't lose sleep about it. But I, I think what I'm more irritated about is the fact that I bought what the Niners are selling, right? The whole mm-hmm. 2019 vibes, like we we they they suckered us in Deep, again with that nonsense. line is stacked, similar yeah. to 2019. The whole the whole thing just didn't make sense. You know, I woke up to like this front office and head coach, so those 2019 vibes against my better judgment. I bought it. 2019 roster was better. Um, the season falls squarely on this is just me, my tweets here. Seasons falls squarely on Kyle and John. Their offseason decisions and arrogance that they could manage a rookie QB and a vet QB. It's just they've proven they can't and they haven't. Um, and then Jimmy Garoppolo is in this no man's land position where he has to try to lead the team while also auditioning for other you know, other spots around the league. It's, it was a recipe for disaster. You know, not, you're not always going to get the Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes situation. You're more likely to get the Carson Wentz, Sam Bradford situation. And this is what this is. This is what I've always thought this was a middle of the road veteran with injury concerns and a very supremely talented rookie who's going to need some time and live reps. And the Niners chose to, you know what, let's just run this back because we owe it to this roster. No, you, you don't owe it to anybody except your fan base, really, because we've been sitting here watching you have three losing seasons out of four, and this one is headed for a losing season. So four out of five. Your decision-making has been terrible from draft selections this year and last year. So two drafts, and then Kyle Shanahan with his draft talk, yeah, we draft these guys in hopes for the future. So you wasted a draft? When you just said you had a Super Bowl roster, so you, you picked guys for 2022 instead of 2021 to help you now. That doesn't make any sense. Let's talk about it. Because Kyle Shanahan, he, he's been getting thrown at this question with, with the cornerback position. And instead of referring to them as Ambry Thomas and Diamador Lenore, very fine young players, he refers to them as, oh, you guys keep questioning me about a third round and a fifth round pick. Basically saying like, these guys are, are you know, borderline starters in the NFL. It, you know, like, why are you asking me if these guys aren't getting a shot? It's just weird. Like, don't, to me, like, I would feel some kind of way if I was Lenore or Ambry Thomas. Like, did this guy just refer to me as a fifth-round pick or a third-round pick? Like, does he not think I can start in this league? Oh, and Kyle, by the way, Diamond Lenore started the two first games of the season. Yep. Yes, that was against the Lions and it was against the Eagles. I get that. I get it. It, it was not it was not, you know, the the Rams, it was not the Cardinals when when Kyler Murray was out there. I get that. But guess what? Did that fifth round pick, as you said, lose you the game? No. Absolutely not. Did he contribute in a win? Yes. Should he be out there over Josh Norman and Drake Kirkpatrick? Yes. That's what I don't understand is you said you drafted these guys to sit behind a Jason Verrett and Emmanuel Mosley and a K1 Williams. Well, Jason Verrett's out right now. And instead of being the rookie, like, hey, you know what? Things happen. We're going to have to speed up the clock here and put you in. Because you did that with Trey Lance already. And you did that with Lenore the first two weeks of the season. And but Hufunga. instead of doing Hufunga as well, Jalen Moore as well. So, like, the excuse is out the window, Kyle. And. Instead of doing that at the cornerback position, hey, let me go put in Josh Norman, who's going to have 25,000 passer interference penalties. Oh, and by the way, he's just going to go run to the head coach of the other team and and trash talk him and and get flagged for that. 
for the people saying, oh, but he got headbutted by Humphreys. I don't care. Because Humphreys didn't get the flag. Yeah, like the the flag was already pulled. I don't care if if Humphreys headbutt him at that point. He got the flag. And the thing is, I'm not, I'm not going to say, oh, because of Norman, they put up points on the board. No, because they probably didn't make that field goal anyways to begin with. But it is just a bad look. You're benching these rookies to start this savvy veteran who can't stop the referees by throwing their flag. Josh Norman is giving them any reason to. You have no reason to go run to your head coach. Right now, you're trailing in that game. You go to your teammates and pump them up. Tell them, let's go. We got this. Do whatever it takes. We're right there. Keep fighting. But no, the savvy veteran goes to the other team's head coach to trash talk. Like, make it make sense. Bro, this is... We all play... I play sports. You played sports. And if if I'm in that position, I pump up my guys. This team is void of leadership. The DVLA they need is dad voice on accountability. Dad voice I like that. That's the DVOA this team needs. So me and your dads, let's let's do some dad voice stuff here. Uh, Kyle, cut Josh Norman. Kyle, cut Trenton Cannon. You cannot hold Brandon Ayuk and all these other guys accountable when you're allowing players who are making mistakes on game day and costing you wins. Yet you're gonna you're gonna complain or whatever you were doing with Brandon Ayuk about practice. Those you the, your whole tough love stuff doesn't work. Hey Josh, you are a ten year vet. What are you doing? Why does it take Al Shahir to calm you down? Hey, where's Fred on this one? Where's Fred? Fred, what's up? Eric Armstead, where are you at? The guys who got big money, where are you? Where is this team's leadership? They don't have it on the field or on the sidelines. And that starts, that's Kyle too. John Lynch can only do so much. He's, you know, we know he's Mr. He's never, he's never found a mic he didn't like. He's here to kiss babies and shake hands. Let's be real about that. This team is void of leadership on both sides of the ball and in its coaching staff. Robert Sala used to be the ying to Kyle Shanahan's yang. And this is what it is. Where's D'Amico Ryan's in all this? Like, D'Amico, what's up, bro? What are we doing? This Niners team is uber talented, but has an accountability problem. And it's super frustrating. They should not be three and five right now. Right? And let's go back to the cornerback situation here. Kyle Shannon said something yesterday, um, Monday, in his uh, press conference about, yeah, we drafted Lenore and Thomas to be depth pieces. Okay, you draft them to be depth pieces. Understood. Because Verrett, the hope was he was going to stay healthy, and Mosley is a decent corner. Uh, K1 Williams is probably one of the best slot corners in the league. Understood. Okay, you wanted them to be depth. So once those other guys got hurt, your decision was to go get worst players and then put your rookies behind those worst players? Like, Josh Norman is not good. He's not good. Drake Patrick is the Richie James of cornerbacks. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, man. Like, play your rookies, right? You want to be a Super Bowl contending team, but you don't have Super Bowl contending corners. You don't even have one corner that's Super Bowl contending. The Niners were successful in 2019 because of Richard Sherman. 
right? People are going to hate on Sherman because he gave up some big plays. Guess what? He shut down his third of the field for most for the most part. Anything underneath, he took care of. Anything over the top, eh, he had a little bit of help with Jimmy Ward, et cetera. The point is you had one side shut down, and either it was a Keller Witherspoon or Emmanuel Mosley doing their job on the other side. And you allowed guys like Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner to run a little bit more freely, and they trusted each other. There's no trust either on this defense. Everyone's out of position. Always. Fred, too. So, Kyle, I, I don't understand these, these, these roster construction decisions, these game day decisions. Like, Kyle, had, he has control of the 53. He's got control of the game day roster. This ultimately falls on Kyle. Ooh, man. Like, this is, this is tough. This is the only scapegoat I'll give D'Amico Ryans from his defense is that a lot of the big plays that happened looked like it was either communication or just back the back end secondary being out of place. Well, we'll say this with D'Amico Ryans being as young as he is in his DC career, still halfway through his first year, it's did he have Jimmy Ward out there? No. Did he have Kwaski Tart out there? Nope. No. Did he have the the other starting corner out there? Um which Moza. is prob which is probably Brad or 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 um Lenore at that point because Lenore did play a lot in camp. Remember, keep in mind Norman or I said Lenore, right? Not Norman. Okay. Well Norman and and Kirkpatrick, they weren't in camp with the 49ers. That has to do something, you know, with chemistry at that point. Um, when you know when you're practicing and and this is something I I saw during the game and noticed because I, I play corner as well. Dante Whitner talked about it <clears throat> post game. It's the there's no communication with that secondary. There's none, and you have. I think it was Kirkpatrick the play he got ran over on. Kirkpatrick oh is there playing outside corner, and his guy, he. Kirkpatrick sees his guy, his wide receiver, go and block down on Hufunga, who's coming in for for you know for the rush protection. And when Hufunga goes down, the wide receiver cracks him, and now there's no communication between Kirkpatrick to Hufunga, letting him know that the receivers come down so that Hufunga could prepare to shed the block. Instead, nothing said, and then Kirkpatrick gets ran over in the process. Like to me that it's hard to say that's on D'Amico because Kirkpatrick's a veteran. He should know this by now to communicate that over to Funga, but he doesn't. Um and then same thing happened on the other side where Mosley doesn't communicate to Wilson. Wilson gets cracked down, Mosley misses the tackle. Um so to me I just saw a lot of terrible non-communication issues with this defense and if it's starters I would say, D'Amico, that's on you. If it's starters doing this, D'Amico, that's on you. But if it's guys that don't play, that's probably not even supposed to be out there, then then I could just give D'Amico 50%. That's fair. I, I, can't, I can't give him the whole thing. I give him 50%. Because at the end, and why 50% is because you're supposed to have these guys ready anyways. You're supposed to have, the, but if I do see crap like that, then it's probably, you know, the talent, not necessarily the coaching as yeah. well. Like that has to be mixed into some of it because you, as we said earlier, you're a dad, I'm a dad. How many times do you tell your kids to do things, but then they, they don't do it all the so time. I, so that translates with coaching as well. 
a lot of coaching. Tell your players to do things they don't do it. It's, I'm at a loss for words at this point with this team. The Niners will be looking to. Well, I shouldn't even. Well, so let's just go to the offensive side real quick. <clears throat> Mike McGlinchey out for the season, torn quad. I was reading a couple of things. Depending on the severity of the quad, fifty percent of guys never return to play in the NFL. Fifty percent. Jeez. So now, to add on to the fact that the Niners don't have any first-round picks, you're adding, you're needing to find a right tackle, probably, unless Jalen Moore shows you something. You're going to need a safety. You're going to need a corner. This team has more holes than you can imagine. 34 free agents, and now you add in a Mike McGlinchey potentially career-ending injury based on the numbers where they said 50% of guys return to play football. That's not good. And Mike, Mike was having a good season, but let's not get it twisted. Mike's not some all-pro level right tackle. So if he's going to have this injury and going to have to recover from that, he might end up being worse, right? I'm not off when I'm thinking like, like this. I'm like, the future of this team is now solely on the, the shoulders of Trey Lance. Yeah, it is. Man, that, that quad tear is huge because me you say 50 percent don't make it back and then what's that other 50 percent where is what's their what what's that production scale like though that's i I didn't dig into that yet but for like mike mcglinchey who's who's rising at this point and everyone oh mike i i'm guilty of it myself i don't want it to be like i'm just pointing fingers i'm guilty 100 percent of it myself last season i was on the you know niners nation podcast network and talking about mike mcglinchey concrete feet well you know what he did have a terrible year last year so that was warranted but this year he looks good i haven't said one negative thing about mike mcglinchey this year he looks good this year so someone that's on the rise um someone the fan base takes for granted like ah it's mike mcglinchey he sucks but you just have like say a couple plays in your head and, and you think that's the narrative on his play without looking at the body of work of this season. But or past seasons. Or past seasons. 2019 he was good. But it's now that he's gone and potentially a fifty percent chance of recovering based off past history. We need him. Mike, we need you. Please be okay, buddy. Please yeah. be okay. We need you. Be be the other fifty percent. Hey, look as a as a fan base, we're sorry for all the mud that we dragged you through. We are sorry. I apologize. We miss you. We realize the grass on the other side is not greener. Well, obviously, it can't be greener if that's Tom Compton. But it's Christ. you you know what I mean. It's like Mike, we need you. Please be okay. Get get healthy soon. Don't go anywhere. We have the fifth year option for next year. Let's write it. Hopefully it's not a, that that that's another thing is is the fifth year option year a redshirt year based off of recovery time. Oh man, this is and then he's a free agent at that point. Oh man, this is a tough one. This is this is a real tough one. And it it's tougher than what people think because it's a premier position right tackle in the NFL. It gets paid a lot. And if he's going to have a redshirt year, that fifth year option, I think it's around nine to eleven million. Um, so that's that's a good cap hit on the team if he's not going to play at all. And then after that, 
like what kind of contract offer are you going to give the guy? Yeah. Who knows with Prague at that point? Is he going to is he going to go chase the couple the one million or two million more if another team offers that because of his injury and he just wants to now just get every dollar that he can for the future of his life because these guys a lot of these guys if they don't do anything outside of football after their career they're just going to live off what they got paid in in the NFL so sometimes that's why they do chase a million dollars two million and I don't blame them because I might if I was a player but it's like and especially it, California taxes. Yeah, and if so if someone offers him seven and the 49ers offer six, he's probably going to chase the seven and get out of California tax, like you said. Yeah, the taxes alone is what So this is tough. This is a tough situation. Um, it, yeah. it. This season, we walked into the season thinking this team was a playoff team. And now, nine weeks in, we're looking at what the future of this team holds as far as draft selections, the quarterback position, um, something that was glaring, I went looking at some numbers last night. The ninth, the Niners have 19 quarterback knockdowns. 19. That is sixth worst in the NFL. This defensive line is not producing. Not producing enough pressure. Not getting in the face of the quarterbacks. Allowing teams to pass the ball. Throw deep. Then they're getting screen game to death as well. What do you make of this 49ers defensive line so far through nine weeks? I would say underperforming. There's a reason why they went out and made a trade at the trade deadline. This defensive line is underperforming. All you have is Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead. Everybody else gets washed out. You do see flashes of DJ Jones. So I don't want to pretend like DJ Jones is non-existent. You do see flashes of DJ Jones. That's the three guys you see. Outside of those three guys, you don't hear nobody's name on the broadcast. Nobody's name. Nobody flashes. It's those three. And one of them is not a third down guy, not a pass rusher, and that's in DJ Jones. So you only hear of, of two guys mainly, of Armstead and Bosa. That's it. And Armstead can't double get off double teams. He can win one-on-ones, but he's not Buckner when it comes to double teams. So if you're an offensive line, you double team either Bosa or Armstead, and, and it's a wash at that point. You and Pete, you you could double team Armstead and then pick Bosa with maybe your running back coming out or your tight end down, whatever it is, and and it's a wash. Nobody else is going to create the pressure, and, and so it's severely underperforming because I think people were liked Arden Key as a rotational piece. People still like Jordan Willis as a rotational piece, and you know he's with the team now, so we'll we'll see if he could start getting going after missing some time due to the suspension. They just Kevin Givens is back. I'm not sure what he provides as a pass rusher in terms of QB hits because he's never really been he's been a run defender his whole career. Um, the, the Samson Ebukon has came on of late but it's not to the expectation that we thought we were getting of him based on the analytic numbers of QB hits, quarterback pressures. Um, you figured it would have been at a more consistent rate since he was going to get more snaps or opportunity to rush the passer with the 49ers than the Rams previously. Yet it's been the complete opposite. He, he looks like a worse player, even though he's getting more opportunity to rush the passer. So it's disappointing it's inconsistent. It's the game, the times you need them to step up, 
they mostly don't. And when you do have a big play, sometimes there's a bogus flag in there, like Eric Armstead's hit on Colt McCoy. Um, they just need to figure it out. They need to get, I don't, if there's one guy that could get these guys going out of nowhere would be Chris Kassarek. I still have a lot of trust in him and what he could do as a defensive line coach. Just get away from the way. <sighs> I wish I, I, I wish I knew like, this is where I wish I was in those defensive meetings to figure out what the hell's going on, what the hell's being talked about. What's the plan. Um, but since we're not, it's hard to say what what exactly is going on. But they need to figure it out. And I think a lot of this ish points back to getting rid of Forrest Buckner. Because what you do is you're going to double team one guy, typically, and, and that one guy is going to be DeForest Buckner. And then DeForest Buckner does a great job of splitting the double team, putting pressure on the quarterback, and allowing... Bosa or back then D4 to just, you know, shrink down the quarterback and, and take him for a sack. That's why they had a crazy year in 2019. But Armstead's not that. Armstead does not split double teams and third down pass rushing situations. You have Armstead inside, not outside. So if Armstead's inside. He's more than light. I, I, I need to figure out what the double team rate is for, for this defensive line. Um, But that's, that's what it, you got to help your other guys out. And, I don't know if it's playing too much hero ball, trying to be the guy and not sticking to assignment when rushing the quarterback, but the, it's it's really disappointing because we talked about it. This defensive line is probably the best in the NFL. Obviously, it's not that. Yeah, it's not that. Um, just to add, I'm I'm like I I don't even I don't even really I don't like being super negative about this team, but just looking at all these numbers, the Niners have 36 QB hits. That ranks. 30th in the league. 30th. That means there's two teams worse than the Niners in, Q, in the QB hits category. No pressure, minimal minimal sacks, 30th in QB hits. Recipe for disaster when you are compromised at the cornerback position, compromised at the safety position. This entire roster is underperforming on both sides of the ball. Um, offensively, what can we say? Four of, th- four of 10 on third down on Sunday, 11 rush attempts. That made no sense. And 23 minutes of time of possession versus the Arizona Cardinals, who were without Colt McCoy, DeAndre Hopkins. But they had Steve Young, Steve Colt McCoy, Young, and oh, gosh. James Earl Campbell Connor running all over the place. And 22 of 26 for Colt McCoy. Are you, are you kidding me? 22 of 26. That's atrocious effort by the 49ers defensive secondary, the 49ers pass rush, the linebackers. No one did their job. And part of me feels like what Joe Staley said, team felt like, team looked like the the, the Niners probably went into that game thinking that the, the Cardinals were going to roll over. I'm going to go on a little bit of a thing here. I don't ever want to hear the words culture come out of the 49ers mouth ever again. Kyle, John, I don't want to hear culture anymore. Culture is what the Seattle Seahawks are doing. Culture is what the Ravens are doing. Culture is what the Titans are doing. And when I mention those three teams, the Ravens have 11 starters on IR. The Seahawks went one and two without Russell Wilson, but were competitive in all three. The Titans went into LA and beat the crap out of the Rams without their best player. Mike Vrabel consistently shows up in adversity, in adversity 
and the Titans always show up and always seem prepared in adversity. The Steelers last night, regardless of playing the Bears or not, that team is bad, but they're 5-3. and three. That's culture. Finding ways to win when not everything is perfect. I don't want to hear Kyle talking about, oh, we didn't run the ball because there were six-man fronts. Make an adjustment, Kyle. You're the offensive genius. You have healthy players on offense. Outside of McGlinchey, for the most part, you were, you were good to go. On defense, you still have uber-talented players. And you can't stop a Colt McCoy and a James Conner? I don't want to hear about culture or no gas, no breaks, or swarm. None of that. All that goes out the window right now. You are what your record says you are, and it's a bad culture. It's a bad football team. And, again, this falls right back on Kyle with his inability to make a damn decision and have no direction for this team in 2021 because he thought, I can recapture the 2019 stuff. Bullshit. The offense didn't help out the defense at all. Ignoring the two turnovers from the fumbles by Kittle and Ayuk, why is Elijah Mitchell getting eight carries? You just talked about the time of possession. The 49ers' defense didn't look good. Obviously, how do you get time of possession in your favor? Running the ball, keeping the clock ticking. The 40, This game wasn't out of hand the whole time. They, they weren't exactly had to go complete air raid offense. No, it was still what there was still a lot of time. Did we panic too soon? Did we panic too soon in this yeah. game? He gave up on the run. Eight carries for Elijah Mitchell. Eight. And he was going off on the ground game. He had one terribly blocked play that he made absolutely nothing into something, which he lost five yards on. So you take away that carry. He had seven rushes for 41 yards for Elijah Mitchell. If you take out that one play, that's 5.85 a carry on every other run besides that one play. 5.8 yards per carry. Why? Why are we not running the ball? The eight-man fronts didn't matter in Chicago. And Elijah Mitchell still busted them. Still busted them. We played scared. We didn't play to win. Say what it is. We did not play to win. We played not to lose. Just to lose. This next game... Oh my against, god! Against the Rams, I don't want this. We got behind the eight ball. We just had to uh, throw the ball a bunch of times and and didn't run it. No, your offense flows from running the ball, getting into play action, and creating the big plays that way. Jimmy Garoppolo's not a straight drop it back passer. You go run twenty yards. I'm gonna sling it down to you. Down. No, he gets those twenty yard passes from play action to Kittle, Ayuk, Debo. Doesn't matter. It's got to, you got to go get, I said it last week, give my guy Elijah Mitchell 25 carries. Because he only had 18 against the Bears. Give him 25 carries. See what happens. Figure it out. Because you can't. This defense is suspect. You can't get into a shootout with the Rams. And your defense, as of now, is suspect. With no Jimmy Ward and potentially no Kwaski Tar. Well, actually, Kwaski's not playing. He's on IR. With no Jimmy Ward who is extremely valuable, as we all saw. Tavon Wilson is not it. Hufanga is not it. 
I'm I would not want to see Matthew Stafford go down um go down and and just be like, oh, you know, hey, look, Robert Woods is down the field streaking wide open. Oh, there goes Cooper Cup, the NFL leading wide receiver. Uh, all over the place. Control the clock, Kyle. You're not listen, I know you think you're the smartest person in the room, but if that's the case, what I was always taught, if you're the if you're the smartest person in the room, time to find a new room, Kyle. Get some non-yes men around you. Tell people have people tell you no. Right? Who's gonna do that for him? Jed York? Probably not. John Lynch, probably not. Get somebody around this guy to tell him no, to balance him out because you're not going to win with this formula of, yeah, let's just chuck it around 40 times and get away from the run because, oh, no, how, how will we ever run the ball with a six-man front? That's nonsense. Run it behind George Kittle and Trent Williams on the left side and watch what happens because I guarantee you there's not a defense in the league that can get off a of Kittle and Trent Williams block to the left side. I don't care how good Aaron Donald is. You're going to win a lot of those matchups too. If you're running to the left with Kittle and Trent Williams, you know what? Run power with juice, run your outside zone with juice and leading the way. Oh, there's Kittle out. Like you have players that can block and run the ball, run the ball. Six man front stuff is nonsense. I don't want to hear that from Kyle. You're the offensive genius. If that's the case, if you're so stumped of a six man front, then you're not the offensive genius. We thought you were. How are you stumped on a six man front? It's never mattered to him before. How many times have we seen this 49ers offense run the ball, run the ball, run the ball in, on six-man fronts? It's never mattered. And now it does. No. You guys got nervous. Say what it, you got nervous, and you played not to lose. You didn't play to win. It's crazy. It's crazy. So uh, before we get out of here, where do the Niners go from here, bro? What, what do they got to do? Uh, I mean, there's still one game out of the playoffs, out of the seventh seed, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk playoffs until they get to 500. No, no, God, no! I'm not gonna talk about playoffs. What they need to do is Kyle needs to take his foot out of the front office. That's what he needs to do. He needs to focus on coaching and managing this team. Once he gets out of there, I think this team could could do something a little more than they are right now. And emphasis on the managing of this team. They should take out, take away the label head coach and give it the label like it is in baseball, manager. Because that's what Kyle needs to do with this team. He needs to manage it. Co- coaching's got him to three and five. His style of management's got him to three and five. He needs to be a manager of people, and maybe we'll see, we'll see the next eight games flip to five and three. We'll see. But he needs to do it. That that that's the only way that this this team's going to start going up is if Kyle starts managing the personalities within this locker room. Not everyone's the same. Some people are like me. We're a little sensitive, all right. And if you're a little too hard on us, we could we could go up in a shell. Dante Pettis. You talked about Trent Cannon not not being cut after that. Dante Pettis fumbled in Seattle and he got cut away. Yep. Next day. The next day he was gone. Yep. You got to be a manager of people. Do that better. Focus on that. Get your head out of the front office. I don't want to see you there no more. I want to. I want to see you managing these people. Go talk to the team's therapist. Have a conversation with her. Maybe they. Maybe that person can help you figure out how to manage personalities better. 
It needs to be done. That's the only way this team's going to improve at this point. Yep, Niners have the next couple games coming up. Uh, they got the Rams, the Jags, the Vikings, the next three. The Niners need to win two of the next three to be to even have a chance. Two of the next three. Then you get Seattle with Russell Wilson back. You got Cincinnati, which is probably kind of going to teeter, kind of fall back to the middle of the pack. You got a bad Atlanta team. Titans are probably pretty good. Houston, L.A. The Niners need to go 7-2 and two to get to 10 wins. They're next. Nine. They have nine games left to get this done. Nine games. Six and three seems more reasonable. Put out possible. But they have to find an identity. They have to find a vocal leader on this team. And I need Kyle to be the one to lead that way first. It starts with the head coach. Get it right, Kyle. Um, you know, a couple before we get out of here, just to end on some positives. Positive note, Brandon Ayuk looked outstanding. George Kittle looked good outside of a fumble. So that's a plus, right? Trent Williams is doing Trent Williams things. And Debo Samuel is still a baller. So there's still, there's plenty of talent here. But like every other Fortnite fans, me and Leo are pissed off. This is unnecessary. And it's the way they're losing. They're finding ways to lose every week. It's unreasonable. It's unfathomable. You lose every week. I, you, I lose things to say. Like, what, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> it's hard to be like, yeah, you know, they're great. Hoorah. Faithful for, you know, nah, nah, nah. I don't accept mediocrity. It's been 26 years since the Super Bowl. You have four winning seasons in 19 years. Nah. It's time to hold people accountable and be a little, a little bit tough. The players are there. The players are doing their job. Coaching staff is not. Let's end it on a positive note. OBJ is not happening. I don't care about OBJ. Let's uh, let's focus on our young guys. IU, Kittle, and Debo Samuel, Elijah Moster. We got those guys. That's our nucleus. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. We still have the firepower within this offense. We got guys on defense like Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead. Emmanuel Mosley's playing out of his mind. Probably the best football we've ever seen him play. Let's go, guys. Let's figure this thing out. Let's get on the train. Let's win some games. We're right there. We're right. We're blessed to be one game out of the wild card. Let's take advantage of that opportunity, guys. Let's do it. Let's go, Niners. Let's go. It's uh, Rams week, Monday night football. We'll be back uh, to recap the Niners and uh, Rams game on Monday night. Well, yeah, probably right after the game, uh, depending on how that goes. Hopefully, I'm a lot happier and Leo's a lot happier. Um but until then, as always, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Javier underscore follow my guy Leo here at Leo Luna 93. And then make sure you're following everything at Niners Nation and then the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Shout out to Rob Stats Guerrero for doing a wonderful, wonderful job. Be on the lookout. He does have Kyle Juszczyk this week for an interview with Niners Nation. So that should be very, very good. Hopefully we get some tidbits out of, out of juice. And Rob and Levin will uh, give that to you guys later on this week. But until then, everyone stay safe. Enjoy the week. Go Niners. Peace.